Welcome to the Ohana Adventure Podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Jace. And we love talking about world education, parenting, travel, and entrepreneurialism. It gets a little awkward. It's always entertaining because we cover everything. From talking to our kids about sex. To helping them own and operate their own businesses while experiencing the world. Ohana means family. And that means it's It's all all part part of of the adventure. adventure. That was so corny. Let's get on with this. Hey, welcome back to the Ohana Adventure Podcast. We are still driving through Utah, and we now want to talk about leaving Uganda, driving into Kenya, getting on a private bush plane, and landing on a runway that had zebras and wildebeests all around it. One of the coolest things I have ever done in my entire life. I have always wanted to be on a little, not a little plane but a like a private plane and i thought that was so cool we lucked out we actually booked a regular flight but they were these little what 11 seater 12 seater planes and um really small had good size windows i was quite impressed and we fly up over lake victoria which is one of the largest lakes in africa and we cross it over to Kenya. Oh, we're already in Kenya, but over to what they call the Mara. So in Kenya, this natural reserve where the safaris camps are, um, is called the Mara. If you were in Tanzania, it would be the Serengeti. And there's another country above Kenya, which I don't know what it's called, but it, it, so this huge reserve goes into three countries. It's thousands and thousands of acreage it's amazing so incredible but the coolest thing was flying on this plane and we touched down in the middle of nowhere i live wait 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 before we touch down it's the season for the great migration it is incredible millions of animals are migrating and they all look like little ants around all over this desert which is the zebras you can tell they're like black and white it's so weird from the plane so the kids are screaming to make you guys look down there and they're like Wait, what is that? I'm like, that's animals migrating. They're like, no. And so then they're just calling out all this stuff. When we started to get close to landing, they're like, dad, we're flying over elephants. And they're freaking out. And mom was in the center. So she couldn't look out of the other windows. (laughs) I felt so bad. It was okay, though. I get a little motion sickness. So I wanted to make sure I could see straight ahead versus on the side. So it was incredible. It was probably one of the smoothest flights I have ever been on. And I've been on giant planes. And... We touched down into the grasslands of the Mara in the middle of Kenya. It was incredible. They pick us up in these really pumped up um, mid 70s, (laughs) mid 80s land cruisers that they've retrofitted to safari vehicles. I told Jason, I'm like, I would buy that hands down. It was incredible. But before we get into the safari, which let's talk about the people that live on the Mara. So the Mara, again, is what they call this grassland reserve. And the people in the native people there are called the the Masai. And they are a a people that they migrate around a lot, actually. So they don't have, or they used to not, have a set, you know, like land location where this is their city, their town. So they would migrate with their animals so they would take their cattle and they would go and graze in one area maybe for a week at a time or something and then they would you know have their their huts or their houses there and then they would pick up and they would migrate with their animals to another location they do it every nine years because the huts 
which here's a funny story. <laughs> We're in one of these huts and it's smaller than the interior of a suburban and 10 people live there. And we're inside this lady's hut. She's showing us everything. It's amazing. And I'm like, wow, the walls smell very interesting because it's all this cooked food that they cook in the floor. And so you can smell kind of the smoked it's, meat kind it's, of. It's like a smoked meat but slash also like a whole smoked bunch of wood, other stuff. You know, smell on the walls. And so somebody asks and they say, oh, so what do you make your huts out of? And Shay is really tired at this point. We had been traveling a lot driving for what was that road trip six hours oh yeah and then there's baboons so on the long. road it was crazy so we get to their little village and we off-road way back in there we're in this hut shay's leaning against the wall what are these walls made out of and the guy very proudly says oh cow dung sticks and cow some dung clay and clay and shay, and shay all <laughs> of a sudden is standing up straight not leaning on the wall anymore and he's like looking at his arm and he's like, I literally have been leaning against poop this whole well, time. <laughs> and, it, you know, it doesn't look like that. And it doesn't even smell like cow dung. Actually, it is. It looks like a plaster. Like they do it so well. And their houses, they what did he say? It takes like a couple so many months to build them. Yep. And they work together as a village. It is so incredible. So the people of these Maasai villages, each village is one family. So the one chief in this village was actually 95. Yeah, he was when, super no, no, old. He wasn't 95 years old. No, he was, he was, he was 95, 95 years old. That's why. And so he was the only old man there. Everybody else, even his oldest sons have passed away before he has. He is. It, and in the Maasai village, um, they have polygamy. So one Maasai chief will maybe take a couple wives and it all depends kind of on how much cattle they have yeah. and how much land uh, You're or not in that allowed area. a second wife until you have 10 heads of cattle After or you that, can jump really high or you can jump really <laughs> high which you guys have to go to the ohana adventures there's an s at the end of this one it's our travel channel it's the small one it's doesn't have 3 million subscribers it has like 40,000 subscribers but it's our passion channel it focuses all about the travels that we have um all around the world and, and this, the lessons we're trying to teach yes, our children all around and the this, world and this this video is about the Masai village and you'll get to see Jace and Shay and Wyatt and as they try and jump and these these gentlemen they were jumping thigh high so like they weren't kicking their feet back or anything they were jumping straight up and the bottoms of their feet which were still straight down from their legs like they weren't bent were thigh high to like the gentleman next to him oh my gosh it was so cool so they get and i impressed rachel he did he I, did only he one of really their high. guys jumped higher than me and i was I like was so impressed so second wife is that no what's going that's on? not that's no? not what happens no? here okay. no not at all <laughs> <laughs> so in the masai village the chief has multiple wives and then they will have their families. And then as obviously the family grows older, those children that they have will then go and they go to a different village. So the boys will go to another village to seek a wife. Oh, wait, can I talk about how they earn that opportunity? Yes, this was so, so fascinating. So once they're a certain age, they are given this stick. Oh, yes. How they become a man. This is man training. And they give them this stick. And it's not a stick. It's ebony. It's carved. It's not sharp, but it's ebony carved a very specific way. And ivory. Sorry. Wow. That came together in perfect harmony. So they get this stick and they are sent out of their village for three years to mature. 
They're not allowed to go to other villages. They go out and they have to prove they can survive. They can live. They can kill a lion. Well, and they used to do that. They used to go and they had to go out on the basically walkabout, right? They go out to the bush and they go and they fight a lion and some may never come back, but they would bring back the lion as proof of their manhood. Now they don't do that anymore, but they do have to still go out and survive on their own, which proves that they are strong enough to have a wife and to take care of that family. And then they get sent out and then they're given this knife and this sheath. And I got all these things from them. It's so cool. I have them in my office. I had to tell every TSA. Does that mean you're going to go and walk about? And sit only if you'll let me. <laughs> um, just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to Alaska for three years, honey. What? I'm just kidding. Um, so I got this stick and I'm bringing it home. And the lady in the airport, my I bruised my leg doing something. I think it was off-roading. <laughs> And so I had to kind of play that injury off a little bit because the lady at security, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is my walking stick. And this African lady looks at me. She's like, really? She's like, you don't think I know what that is? That is a weapon to kill a lion for an emerging young man in the Maasai village. And I'm like, but I'm using it as a walking stick. And she goes, you really think you're going to pull that off? I went, <laughs> yeah. And I like, okay. And I made it on the right when I got to that flight. The lady's like, um, what's this? And my daughter's like, oh, that's my dad's walking stick. She's like, why doesn't he have it now? Where is he? She's like, oh, he went to the bathroom. <laughs> Without the walking stick. And I really wanted to bring it home. And so I had to tell the uh, Frankfurt, Germany police guy took the stick away from me. And I actually grabbed it back from him, pretending I was going to fall over. It was not one of my shining moments. But I oh really goodness. wanted this ebony walking Jace has stick basically not become a man yet. of a Maasai village. <laughs> and I wanted to keep it. It was super cool. And it now hangs in my office. And I love it. So these men, after they have <laughs> proven themselves, they get to then go to a neighboring village to court a girl. And to make her a wife. And um, and then, then he they comes do. Back. Then he comes back with his wife. And they build them a hut. And they have their family. And then and so on and so on. So this Now all these huts are in a circle. You have to imagine this. It's about this one. It was maybe 30 yards from one side to the other. Maximum. Maybe and I would only say 20. about 20 huts. And it's a circle. But each hut. So the huts are on the outside. And each wall is connected. So they don't have to build four walls to this home. They only have to build three. And so each home, they, they only on have to build and three and walls. On. And it goes on and on and on and on until it makes almost a circle. There's an exit at one side and an exit at another. And the exit out the one side, after we went, we learned how to, they make fire with the types of woods they have, how they throw their spears. And we went into their little huts and then we went out the exit and they had all their arts and crafts that they had carved. But what's really cool and the reason why they actually do this kind of circle hut um, like community set up configuration is they bring their cattle in at night. So they do not roam anymore with the cattle. Now, during certain times of the year, they will go for like a day or two and they will sleep out on the Mara and the gentlemen will go and herd their cattle across the Mara. So they have 
worked it out with, I don't know if it's the Kenya government or whoever owns this natural reserve, but the Masai people are allowed to come and go at will, come and go at will and use the grasslands to graze their cattle on. So they will go and come back to their villages and go and come back. But it's like right next to their village, but maybe, you know, miles and miles away. So, but what I thought was so cool is this configuration and they have the both openings, one at the beginning, one at the other side, they bring the cattle in and that's how they keep them safe because the lions will come and take their cattle if they are not inside the village. Because what did we see on one side of our safari vehicle and what was on the other side of our safari vehicle minutes away from there? What is super cool is we are off-roading in these um, land cruisers and they're basically just trying to spot animals. And you go and in the distance we see this beautiful lioness kind of up a little bit. What I thought was so cool is all the lions we saw were always up on like a mound or of dirt. Overlooking. Overlooking something. They're always up on like a higher part of that area. So she's up on this mound, which is higher than our land cruiser at the moment. And we kind of pull up, not super close to her, but pretty close, guys. Pretty uh, close. She was 10 feet away. And she's sitting there and she's just looking around and we didn't notice for a little bit, but on the other side of us, so we are between her and her kill. On the other side is the zebra that she probably killed just hours before, maybe the night before. No, it didn't stink at all. We were right next to it. We couldn't smell it at all. So it, it was, was hidden underneath this kind of just under tree a bush. brush. Yeah. And a shrub. A shrub. But you could see the stripes still. It wasn't like totally like totally like just a carcass anymore you could see her claw marks it was crazy it's butt like the slash marks through its butt like it was out of a movie it was incredible what was awesome is she was not a skinny girl uh-uh that girl was fit she was well and fed. she was well fed she was plumping plumping no but she that was so crazy as we pulled up and she like looked around like i think she maybe debated whether or not we were going to take her kill because she was not looking at us friendly. She was like watching every move we made. If you go to our Instagrams, um, my goodness, it'll probably be on most of ours. We all got really beautiful shots of her. She is just staring right into our souls. It was just, a, it was a beautiful moment. And then what after leaving an incredible that, experience. We went to this banyan tree, right? These, um, um, it was the acacia. Date, date, date acacia, acacia which the, is, the classic African tree that you see in any safari movie, Lion King, any of it, you'll see miles and miles of grassland and then this one tree that goes straight up and then kind of banyans out a little bit, right? It's just this gorgeous African tree. And we go, we head towards it because there's a couple of their vehicles there and we saw gorgeous cheetahs. Just laying around, hanging out getting up and walking around within like 20, 30 feet of us. As we get really close to even the lioness and the cheetahs, our driver, our guide, who is awesome, filled with all the information, can tell you all the stats of the animals, everything about the land. So incredible. Oh, such I a highly happy, suggest happy, happy if man. you ever go on a safari, you get a really good guide because the knowledge, like for me, that's why we homeschool. This guy was telling us so much stuff. It was, it was, Amazing education, but he it like, would take our kids more than a year to learn. to learn what they learned while sitting in this land cruiser. So incredible. So we pull up and they're laying around and then suddenly the cheetah like 
kind of like perches up, right? Like she's like on her butt, but like her, her front legs are up. And our, our guide is like, do not move. Do not make sudden movements. Because they'll jump on top of your if car. You are, ours didn't have a roof or windows. Yeah, it was so... Everyone like, else had roofs and windows. But and I, I hated... I would have hated that. Driving all around that beautiful area with, with a roof over your head and oh, windows it and made glass. Us, it made it so amazing that we were just out there. Right? Like we were protected by this vehicle a little bit. But we were just out bit. in the open. And it was just kind of... It was a little creepy. Do not move. Do not wave your arms no loud noises and i was like oh my gosh i'm going to get eaten by a cheetah it was it was cool it was super cool so then we leave the cheetah and wildebeest are getting out of the road for us we go around this corner and there is this is it called a tower a tower of giraffes yes a group of giraffes is called a tower so a tower of giraffes there's like 16 of them at this point all around in the road out of the road and just walking, we go around another corner. There's this giraffe standing there, all tall and they proud, and the sun is setting behind its head. And oh. beautiful. I really felt like we were part of the Lion King. I feel Shay was actually singing most of the Lion King songs throughout the entire safari. <gasps> it was then, incredible. And then we turn around to the other corner. We're driving, and I see a warthog. They call me. Mr. Pig. It, he had the most <laughs> attitude. So good. We stop our car. He turns, looks right at us again. This and will be on Instagram. <sighs> and he goes, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And Shay goes, oh my gosh, dad, that's what they do in Lion King. Dad, come on. This is too cool. Wait, wait. And then, and then he turns to run and that tail shoots straight up and his little feet and go. And he prances like a and little his, pony. His butt shakes left and right. It was just like Lion King. It was one of the greatest moments where we were so appreciative, yet laughing our faces off and yet being so in awe that we're there with a warthog on a safari in Africa with his tail sticking up, prancing through the grass. There is something to say about being in in God's land, right? Like we all live on this earth. It's wonderful. But I think we get all caught up in the hustle and bustle of business, work, school, home life, even inside your house. Who you offended us last? Yeah, That you don't go out to be on the land. And driving where you don't see a single hut anywhere. Like you can look in every direction and all you would see is maybe another land cruiser far off in the distance. And date acacia trees. And date acacia trees and thousands of wildebeest and zebras. And just like right now, as we are driving through the middle of Utah, where there is nothing right now, there's no there's no civilization here. We're just passing cars. It actually looked a lot like this. it actually does, except for the grass is long. Like the the grasslands really is long grass, and it tall might be grass is tall what grass. I would say, but but you it can is long. gorgeous, and the peace it brings to be in nature. And, and you know, you don't have to you don't have to go all the way to Africa to feel this. You don't have to go to Hawaii. You don't have to go to Turkey and go to these extensive places that some of us has gone to. But being out in nature is incredible. And we did a podcast about this. I was going to say, if you want to know why we're bit passionate ago. about this, this podcast, we open call it Open Spaces. spaces? Yes. It's, Most of everything uh, is open space. Even an atom, inside an atom, is mostly open space between the particles. Most of our universe, open space, with then with galaxies filled with open space, then with planets, 
with mostly open space, even our planet, I mean, it's mostly water. But then if you go onto continents, everyone says it's overpopulated. They have their opinions. But from our drives, we're going to drive four hours without seeing a city and of nothing but grass and trees. So even our continent is mostly open space. And yet we cram our lives. I'm not going to go off on this. Let's talk about more cool stuff. That's right. So go and check out that podcast. Go uh, go look for it, the Open Space Podcast, because it it's is about three healing. back from this one. It is healing. But what I'm trying to say is, as we are there in the middle of the Mara, nothing around, you know, beautiful, just rolling little hills, some little peaks here and there, a beautiful African acacia tree, and animals. It is healing to the soul to be in nature. And that's what I felt. I told Jason, I'm like, I would give it all up if I could live in a, not a hut, but I would want a house. I would want a house, guys. But I could, if I could live out here with the animals. And watch the migration pass your front door. I would probably die because <laughs> the lions or, or or the cheetahs would get us. No but way. I have my stick that's and right. I know how Jason's to prepared. use it. Jason's prepared because he bought a Masai chief's stick. Hey. <laughs> hey. It is meaningful and I have absorbed the powers. So what we really learned from this opportunity, the Masai villages, incredible people, incredible people that really live with the land now they're not just living on the land they're not taking from the land too I much they're living said that. with the land and i felt as we were driving through safari yes we went back to a hotel and slept on an actual bed so we're uh, not like roughing it but we will not talk about that yet uh, <laughs> but who slept i, I know didn't we sleep. didn't sleep at all because we heard baboons all night long but they were warning us that there was a leopard trying to get into our freaking tent it's okay, true i said it he said it but being there and being with the land, I really felt with the land because I felt connected. Like we were following the paths. You don't off-road too far into the bush. That's not already a path made for you. You, you know, like we're, we're like obeying the, the laws of the land, right? Like what the animals want. We're stopping to let these giant giraffes walk across just the path that we're on. Hey, why did the giraffe cross the road? Are you really going to tell a joke? Okay, why? I have no idea. Just Aww. I saw them cross the road. I was so really I hoping really, that you had some I great really pun wanted them to, to get to the other to... tower. Oh. oh, snap. That was really lame. I have to work on my he dad He was trying jokes. to get ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just healing, He really right? stuck his neck out when he crossed the road. He did. Jay, stop it. He's going <laughs> to keep going. Okay. It was just healing and it was wonderful. And that's what we take away from all of these adventures is what can we learn, right? Like in our previous podcast, we talked about water. What did we learn? We learned that water is so essential and that brings life and opportunity. And that's what we want to do is we want to donate and fundraise to help give fresh, clean water to these villages. What did we learn from our horrible experience traveling to Africa with all of the crazy ups and downs? We learned that no matter what, we can persevere, we can get through it. And if we keep that happy attitude, it makes all the difference. Well, and that no matter what you do, giraffes will always look down on you you're still going on the dang giraffe pump. so in the safari i learned that i need to be and live with the land so wherever we live i need to appreciate and live with the land and just kind of get out there and be with it i am so excited that we got that opportunity you guys have to go and watch it on the ohana adventure channel on our main channel to see like our traveling to Africa, us 
having this wonderful wa- water experience where we get to help bring clean water to the villages in Africa. But go over to the Ohana Adventures channel, our travel channel, to see all the crazy things that happened on the safari because we're not going to talk about what else we saw. We saw lions make a baby. Okay, we are talking about it. I guess we're talking about it we're, right, right now. We're talking about it. Lions um, perform the act 77 nope. times a day. Let's just use the, the regular term. Lions mate seven. Oh, mate. That's the word. Not 70. Ten, wait, 10 times? 77 ten? times. Lions mate 77 times a day, but it's only like. For seven seconds. Uh, yeah, a few seconds. So that really only equals out to like three minutes. I mean, which that's is why quite they interesting. say they're always just lying when they're around. In he- oh, my gosh. <laughs> what the crap? <laughs> they're in heat, right? So that's like their opportunity to mate and reproduce. So that doesn't happen all the time. It's just during mating season. What was cool about Shay when we went there is he did all this studying, but it just made him more of a cheetah when we asked the questions. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are you going to keep going? I don't know where you come up with this crap. It is. This is what I have to live with. This is why I need open spaces so that there's a little bit more space between me and Jason. Right, Bennett. but these jokes, I mean, they're pretty hip No. Hip- and what is oh. a, what's a, what's a bunch of hippos? A float. They're a float. And we did see hippos. hippos. We went and saw the hippos and they're like. Man, they are beefy big, man. Yeah. They are huge. They're chunky, chunky. They're Plumpe, plumpe. Them hippos round, right? If you guys have seen Madagascar, that was that was just Madagascar. Is mo- that two or three? His, he was so good. You have to say his name twice. Moto, 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 <laughs> moto, moto um, likes But you. what was amazing was we were looking at these hippos, watching the sunset, and then we start to drive around to leave. And who was it? One of our kids looks up in a tree. And oh there's like gosh. murder baboons there was, staring at us like they wanted to I eat us. I would say at least 50 baboons in this one tree. And they were dead silent. They didn't make a noise, Well, it's crazy. It's like if you anything. looked up, you could barely see them because the color of their like fur is like kind of like a grayish the bark green of the tree. color, which fades right in with the acacia tree, which is obviously like a, um, like a survival tactic for their species. And they blend right in the tree. No, but they're so quiet. They didn't do anything until you look at them. And once they noticed we looked at the them. The whole tree shook. They like ran all around the tree and they were coming down. I thought they were going to jump on. If I our... knew what hell felt like, this moment was that. Because I was like, oh my gosh, they're all going to jump out of the tree. And like in Jungle Book, no, Jumanji 2, those uh, tamarind, whatever those big monkeys are called that are like attacking them on the floating bridges. That's what I thought was going to happen. There's like 30 baboons that are bigger than Shay in this tree, all jumping down the tree at this crazy rate. The whole tree is shaking. I was not afraid of the lions and I was not afraid of the cheetahs, but dang it, I was afraid of those baboons. Yeah. That was so scary. It was crazy. So then we go back into the grasslands, like everything's okay. And then there's this massive thing in the grass and we look and it's an enormous bull elephant with both tusks and he's walking, walking down this trail so slowly well, he's just straight walking normal for us so we follow this trail we get kind of cl- close to him and we park and then he pivots and i then would say like 50 feet like he would we he were- walks right at us and our driver's backing up backing up and i guess in some very awkward show of force he extends all of his body parts and all to 
make us realize that he is the king of the actual jungle. And we start backing up our vehicle. <laughs> and actually, those photos that we put for Instagram, we actually had to edit them. It was very graphic. And so we are backing up our vehicle as he's walking towards us. We keep backing it up. And then he sees that he won. And we kept backing up. And then he changes course. And then he goes after our other kids' land cruiser. So there's two land cruisers going parallel with each other. Like, we're kind of going parallel with each other. But he's on, like, one path. So we back up. So then he goes towards the other land cruiser. So they back up. Basically, he's just showing his force and kind of intimidating us. And and we were very intimidated. We backed up, got out of his way. He's like, you see this 100,000 acres? All mine. It's all mine. Yeah. And then randomly we saw this hyena in the middle of nothing with nobody around it, which was awkward because I always thought hyenas. No, but we saw everything. Baboons, hippopotamus or hippopotami. No, it's hippopotamus. Um, zebras, wildebeest, lions. All it sorts of gazelles. Incredible. Um, incredible. Like we saw falcons and eagles and vultures. The vultures ew, are ew. huge. Yeah, they're huge. And I thought they were super cool. And we saw lots of things. I think the only thing we didn't see that we were hoping to see was a rhino. But sad thing is about rhinos in the whole, the Mara, the Serengeti and the other countries, all this um, reserve, there's only like, what was it? 20 rhinos, which is thousands and thousands and thousands upon acres and hundreds of acres of thousands of acres because and poachers are still going after because poachers are still going rhinos. after the rhinos and it was so sad we didn't get to see a rhino which was it was fine though because we saw incredible other animals rhinos right now are what gorillas were in the 80s before um diane fossey started the whole her nature reserve in rwanda really brought attention to gorillas there was only i think it was 20 gorillas in the 80s in all of rwanda in all of their jungle and now there's hundreds and so they're not I've, quite yet on the um, what's it called? The endangered species endangered list. species list, because I don't know how far they have to get down on that. But it is sad. Um, but we were blessed to see incredible things. Honestly, we did go to Africa at high peak season, which is the great migration time. But it was well worth it. It was well worth it. We saw incredible things. We got to be and live with the land for a little bit, which was really healing to my soul. Yep. And we got to do service on the earlier parts of our trip. We got to learn a lot about different cultures. We got to do And if you all do anything that we are so blessed. That's so, what so we're looking for is do. just those opportunities to learn from it, right? Not just experience cool things, but to learn. What did we learn from that? And honestly, we learned that we can be with nature and enjoy that and it is a blessing to our soul and what can we do close to home? You know, like that really opened my eye to be like I just need to go out and be in the own nature, the nature around me that we have close to our own home and appreciate, you know, what God created here for us so that we can love it and, you know, bless it as well. And now we're driving home and in 24 hours we are getting in our RV and we are leaving our house for a month to go and do that same thing. But here on our continent, say a little prayer for me. We're going to live in an RV with all of our children for four weeks. It's going to be amazing. And so that's what we're going to do. So a lot of our content now is going to be based on learning things about U.S. history, pioneer history, Civil War history, French and Indian War history. Lots of things that truly shaped our country here in the U.S. 
and the fights that started it, the principles that people stood on, the things people really wanted to promote here, the freedoms and some of the sad stuff that it took to do this because we want, we need our children mm -hmm. to have a very well-rounded image and learning and understanding of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the United States. So come and join us. We'll we'll take you on another podcast adventure with us as we are traveling. We'll tell you how it's going after the first week if we are killing each other or we're really loving it. So <laughs> keep keep coming back. Um, if you haven't subscribed or turn on notifications, however that works on your on the podcast that you're listening through, we are so grateful that you're here. We'll see you guys next time. All right, bye.